Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. The only reason we don't have revival is because we're willing or content to live without it. And um, I mentioned this one earlier that Wesley said a revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. In any community, revival can be secured from heaven when heroic souls enter the conflict determined to win or die, or if need be, to win and die. And y'all, y'all can't find that stuff at Lifeway. You understand that, right? You can't go to Lifeway right now and find a book that's on the bestseller list that's going to tell you the only reason you don't have revival is because you're willing to live without it. And... If you're willing to live or die, and maybe live and die, or win and die, then you can secure revival. I, another quote, what Ravenhill said, maybe I just need to quote Ravenhill all day long. Another quote Ravenhill said, he said, you know why we don't have revival? He said, because we don't have preachers that want to pray anymore. I promise you that's not in life way. For sure. Hey, listen, here's what I know about revival. As long as revival has to be convenient for you, you'll never have it. As long as revival, as long as a move of God has to be convenient for you and fit into your schedule, you'll never have it. I'll never have it. As long as it has to be convenient for me, I'll never have revival. That's just the way that it goes. Hunger has to overtake you. Hunger for the things of God. And what happens is we get hungry for normal. And normal sucks. One of the, one of the principal things that I have tried to instill in my biological children is do everything you can to not be normal. Fight being normal. The fight is for us to just do the normal thing, the normal normal Christianity. Do you know what normal Christianity looked like in this book? It looked like persecution. That's what was normal to them. It looked like Peter standing before the Sanhedrin and saying, you do whatever you have to do. I'm just asking you to pray for me that I'll be even more bold to go preach the gospel. As they're telling him, they're going to throw him in jail for preaching the gospel. Normal to us looks like we come to church on Sunday. We're good, we're good people. We're, we're good people. And so I'm just saying revival, when it, as long as it has to be convenient, um, we, we will continue to live without it. Uh, I'm thankful for a company, though. I believe there's a company in here. I believe there's a company in Awakening that's hungry for revival, and it, won't be, it, it doesn't have to be convenient. That, that's, listen, that's the reason that every single night this week I drove to Florence. Multiple nights I didn't get into bed until after 2 o'clock in the morning. I had to work the next day, do all of those things. You know, um, while this is my primary focus, the church, it's not the only thing I do. And, and, and so... But I'm willing to make adjustments so that my life doesn't continue to be the same. And here, here's, listen, this is, just, again, I don't want you to hear anything I say today in condemnation. I just want you to hear, I want you to hear me loving on you as a papa, okay? If, you, if it's too inconvenient just for you to come to prayer, you, you ain't coming to revival. You ain't, finna, you, you're not going to do it. 
And that's just, that, that, that's, not, that's not being mean or nasty. That's just whatever it is that you throw yourself into, that's what you're going to get. And if, seriously, if, it's, if, if you throw yourself into things, and I'm not saying you got to go to Florence to have revival. I sure hope you all understand. Surely you all know me better than that. You don't have to go to Western Kentucky to have revival. You do have to make adjustments in your life if you want to see something different happen. Is that okay? Um, and, and, and so it, 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 it just can't be something to where, you know, it's just convenient. And listen, I already know that, listen, they have already asked me to come to Western Kentucky. They've already asked us to be there. And I already was going through the list of things that I've got to get done. So I understand that there's no condemnation. I understand we have life and it happens, but I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm attempting to make every adjustment to allow for the moving of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and there's grace when I fail, amen? And there's grace when you fail. But at some point, we do have to make adjustments for him. Hunger will always look like something. Here's what I want to tell you. This is really what revival will, will look like because revival is really just the reestablishment of the image of Jesus, okay? And Jesus came and he said, I'm only doing what I see the Father do and I'm only doing what I hear him say. Now, there's an interesting story and um, I really wasn't gonna talk about this one at all, but I just wanna say this real quick, um, that when Jesus met the woman at the well and he said, the time has come and now is that the true worshipers would worship the Father for the Father is seeking such Okay, He's, he was seeking the true worshipers. And the Bible says in another spot that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to seek and to save those who were lost. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And what was lost was a real dedication to the Father, a real dedication in worship, and it was replaced with religious activity. It was replaced with religious routine. And so he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's really important that we understand that. So in, in a move of the spirit, in, in, it, it just gets more and more weird. And listen, I'm so thankful for fathers. Did we ever get that working? Is it actually on? Okay, well, all right. I was kind of hoping you didn't get it working. No, it's okay. It's all right. All right. I'm thankful for fathers that in the move of the spirit will look at me in my face and tell me, see y'all, y'all think that sometimes I'm rough on y'all. Seriously, look at me in my face and say, listen, your problem is you're still too religious. You're still too religious. And that's why you haven't had breakthrough because you have a hard time receiving. And you know what my response is? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm just telling you, there are things that, 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 that are happening, and he begins to reveal stuff. And when you really long for that voice in your life, you're, you're not going to refute it. This is, and, and so, Ryan, what does this have to do with anything? I'm not really sure. But I think that I have been, for the last few weeks, talking about government. I've been talking about real order and real government. And, and there, is, there is no coincidence that we're seeing a move of God happen in the north. And I've got some prophetic stuff already about why it's there that I'll share eventually. But the reason that it's happening where it's happening is because in both places, in Florence and in Nortonville, there are seated fathers in that house. 
And so when I talk to you about order, I know that we think that, oh man, we got it, the pastor. No, no, no. I'm telling you, when there's a seated father who is really functioning in apostolic order and apostolic government, it's different. It is different. And, and we've been taught church the way that we know it, but I'm telling you, there's something available when we really get into divine order. And so, um, and listen, it's not, some of us reject divine order because it was manipulated. I understand that spiritual authority has been manipulated. I get it. I understand that spiritual authority has been prostituted. It really has. There are people today who have built apostolic networks that you have to send them a check every month for them to connect with you and talk to you. It's hogwash. It's hogwash. If that's you, it's hogwash. It's ridiculous. That's not kingdom family. So it's not, it's not about, when I talk about an apostolic, when I talk about apostolic order, I'm talking about from here talking about from here. I'm not talking about stuff we made it. And why is it important for me to talk about this? Because you need to know the difference. You need to know what's real and you need to know why we're going to begin to see things. And one of the things that we've tried to do from the beginning is to set awakening in right order where there are voices that speak into awakening and speak into your leaders' lives that are helping to guide to do what happens and, and what we see. And, and so it's just really, really important. Um, in revival, what you're going to begin to see over and over again, I said I was going to hurry, so I need to do that. What, what, you're going to, what you're going to see is worship must dominate the room. Worship must dominate the room. Period. Period. And, and if you're underachieving in the area of worship, it's time for you to get your jump together. It really is. Because worship has to dominate the room. Let me tell you something. You want to see an atmosphere change in your house? Let worship dominate the room. I have seen, I, I have experienced in my house, not just with my children, but with other people as well, that when we make an atmosphere of worship, things just start running. They really do. They really do. You're, you're, not, you're not going to intellectually discipline a demonic spirit out of your house. You're just not. But when worship dominates the room, they scatter like cockroaches to a light. They really do. It's important. So worship has to dominate the room. Man, Damon Thompson said something this, this week, or I don't remember when he said it. He's forever talking, but I don't remember when he said it. But he said this. He said, when the man Jesus, I want you to listen to this. It convicted me. When the man Jesus is not enough, you've moved into idolatry. When worshiping the man Jesus is not enough, you have moved into idolatry. Here's what I know about good Christian people, specifically in the South. We would never consciously say we're moving into idolatry. But when the man Jesus is not enough for us, what is it that's filling that void? What is it that's filling that void? I was looking back through some notes and a few things and um, 
I do have scripture. I know some of y'all think we can't be at church if I haven't read a text. Uh, go read it for yourself. Psalm 1 and Revelation 22, 1 through about 3. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get into the river and we're going to go deep. Some of you that have been with me for a long time, you all remember some of the teachings that we've had about the river. I know Tanya does and there are others. Uh, my kids and I know the Bradens have been with us for a long time. This is some stuff that the Lord spoke to me, man, 12 years ago, maybe about the river. Um, and you know, one of the things I've found, uh, is that in my life, the Lord will speak something to me and sometimes I'll just run straight out ahead of him. I'm sure y'all have never done that, but I do sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll give me something and I'm like, okay, full speed ahead. Here we go. And now here 12, 15 years later, he's really bringing it around to where it's really relevant for what we're doing. And, and that's just part of, part of the prophetic thing. And so part of maturity for me is learning when to release things. I'm not saying I was out of order by releasing it. I'm just saying we're seeing some of the fulfillment now. I'm rambling a little bit. Somebody's praying, Lord, please don't let revival cause him to ramble. <laughs> He's long-winded enough. All right, I'm, uh, Psalm, Psalm 1, Revelation 22, read about the river in Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47, blow your mind. Okay, let me just say this. Extravagant demonstration on our part will unlock extravagant demonstration on God's part. Did y'all hear that? Extravagant demonstration on our part will unlock extravagant demonstration on God's part. Extravagant demonstration on our part will unlock extravagant demonstration on God's part. As we waste ourselves on Jesus, this is really what we're talking about when we talk about building him a bigger throne. When we build a throne for Jesus, we're inviting the government of heaven to be established. I want you to hear this. I want you to listen to this. God will only establish his government where he has the biggest throne. He will only establish his government where he has the biggest throne. If there are things in your life that have a bigger throne than he does in your heart, he will not come establish divine order in your heart. In grace, listen to me, in grace, he will wait for you to make him the first place. In grace, he will wait. Why do you say in grace? Because there are some things that if he came would have to fall out of your life just like that and he knows you're not ready for that. And in grace, he will wait to establish divine order until he has the biggest throne. It's true. It's part of the inheritance thing in maturity. So watch this. As you study, because I know you're going to, Psalm 1, Ezekiel 47, and Revelation 22, 
first few verses. As you study that, you're going to see some differing pictures of where the river is flowing from. Well, I just love y'all. I love y'all. I'm serious. That's honor. When you guys start writing down and making notes in your phones about studying stuff, that's honor. That's good. That's really good. The Lord honors that as well. So good. As you begin to study those things, you're going to begin to ask some questions. Where is the river flowing from? Because in Ezekiel, it's flowing from the temple. In Psalm 1, it's just a brook that's flowing. In Revelation... It's flowing from the throne. Well, in John chapter 7, he that believes on me as the scripture has said it, then out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So in John 7, it's flowing from you. So is it flowing from the temple? Is it flowing from you? Is it flowing from the throne? Or is it just flowing? Which one is it? So I want you to begin to ask Holy Spirit what he's trying to say. I'll tell you what it is. Ultimately, it's flowing from the throne into a life that has laid themselves down to believe, as the scripture has said it, because we are the temple in the New Testament. The directions are significant in Ezekiel 47. But in the New Testament, geography doesn't really matter because I'm the temple and it's wherever I go. The river is flowing. But here's, here's how it flows. From the throne. What is the throne? The throne is evidence of God's government being established. When he comes and establishes his government, when he comes and establishes his throne, you find pockets around the nation. You find pockets of people who are moving in significant signs and wonders where you're seeing healing happen over and over again. Listen, as I teach this stuff, I understand that there's some stuff that we're working toward that we're not there, right? I get that. But when you see those pockets, it's not, see, this is what we were taught. We were taught, hey, guys, will y'all come get this out of the way? Because I'm going to, I really am just going to pray for people. I'm done. We, we were taught, what were we taught? I forgot what I was saying. Oh, oh. We were taught that God would come and from his throne just spill some water on her. She thought I was getting her. That's what we thought. So we thought that healing was he just just spilling a little bit of stuff on me. And we became content with temporary spills instead of contending for the government to change in our life so that the throne could ultimately be established. Because listen, the spill feels good. But what happens if it's a continual source that never stops? Do you understand what I'm saying? And we've been conditioned. i got to stop or I'm going to have to preach the rest of it. That'll take at least four hours. We've been conditioned... Seriously, we've been conditioned to approach as if we just wanted a drip or two or a spill. But I'm telling you, when you see things happen where there are consistent signs and wonders happening, where there are consistent encounters with God, it's because someone has set their heart 
to allow God to establish his throne because that's where the river flows from. And so I'm just telling you, Louisville can decide to be a part of it. God has, I want you to hear me say this. God has decided to establish his government in Kentucky. I'm just telling you it's happened. I remember uh, several years ago, I met Lou Engel and it was weird because the, I, was, I was actually trying to get Lou to come to Louisville and it hasn't worked out yet. But the guy that I was working with, we were at a, a meeting and I was in contact and they were pulling Lou in and out of the meeting, doing interviews and all this stuff. And he said, hey, listen, I want you to meet Lou Engel. And I said, that's cool, but I don't want to bother him. He goes into an interview. He's like, no, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out into the parking lot and come up to the awning where we pull people up to church. And we're going to take Lou to the airport. But before we take him to the airport, we're going to pull in and let him meet you right here. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, I, I, I just didn't want to bother him. Sure enough, here comes the truck. He's there. I get out. Lou Engel gets out, and as only Lou can, he goes, mm, Kentucky, the hotbed of revival. That was years ago. I'm just telling you, God has his eye on Kentucky, and we can sit back and we can wait on the sovereignty of God to take over. And maybe he'll come and maybe he won't and maybe he'll show up next Sunday or maybe he'll show up at prayer meeting or maybe he'll show up here or there or maybe he will. Or we can actually just go after it and make ourselves so attractive to him that he has no option but to come and establish his government among us, establish his order so that the river flows. In all of those accounts that you're going to read, Ezekiel 47, Psalm 1, and Revelation 22, you're going to see that on either side of the river there are trees that are planted whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. And I'm going to remind those of you that have been with us at Awakening for a few years about an open vision that I had where God said that he was merging the seasons for continuous flow. It's coming full circle. And I feel that. Y'all feel that? I just felt Holy Spirit. We reverence you, Holy Spirit. We reverence you. We reverence you. The trees that are planted on both sides, the leaf never withers, and there's fruit in every season, regardless of the weather pattern. Regardless of whether or not it feels frigid to me or it's so hot that I feel like everything would burn up, regardless of that, I'm telling you, there's a place that we can get to where our fruit never withers. What if we could be the body who did not have to be on the emotional roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down? I'm just telling you, Christians are some of the worst. We're up, then we're down. We're up, then we're down. We're hot, then we're cold. We're hot. Seriously. Jesus did not pay for that. He did not pay for me to be up and down. And listen, I'm not talking to anybody but me. He did not pay for me to be up one day and down the next. Up one month, down the next. I can't get my junk together and oh my goodness, sky's falling. That's what we got the chicken little spirit in the church. 
Okay. So here's the deal. We're not going to play any music because we're just not going to. Because I want to pray for everybody that wants to be prayed for. After that, we'll see what happens. No, we can't. That's what I'm saying. She said you can put some music on, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. We can't do that. Start rebuking the devil out of the sound system. How many of you want the fire of the Holy Spirit to just consume you? I really do. I really do. Let me just say this. I know I don't, I, I specifically, I do this at other places when I minister, but specifically at awakening, I don't do a whole lot of laying on of hands here, praying. We used to do that a lot in our ministry. And honestly, right or wrong, I had a conviction. I didn't want people being connected to whether or not they got their head touched or what was going on. I want people to go after the real encounter with the Holy Spirit. But there are moments where it is necessary and, and, and that impartation has to happen. And I don't have anything special. I'm just hungry. And so that's, I just want to pray with you. And maybe you'll lay hands on me. I'm okay with that. So if you want prayer today, we're, we're, we're going to do that. Um, and I may need some help, some ushers. I'll pray for you all too, but I may need some help. But Lawson, I'm going to pray for you first. Seriously. Coles, I'm going to pray for you next. Get the Ryans up here. We may need more than Daniel. I mean, I don't know what's... But. The rest of you all just come in and just be, if you want prayer, and if you don't, it's cool. Just pray for us. Stretch your hands this way. But just, uh, yeah, just uh, Jess, Jess and Jess. Is this not ridiculous? Ryan, Jessica, Ryan and Jessica. Y'all just come on up here too. Jackson, come on, buddy. You come with mom. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us online at awakeningky.com.